Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. You're probably tuning in right now because you discovered the Fallout TV show, which just launched, and you're probably wondering, wait a minute, this episode's from, like, years ago before that came out. Well, I'm editing this in in order to say welcome to the show and explain some things to get you started with the Fallout Lorecast. This is the most popular Fallout podcast, audio podcast on audio platforms at all, period. And we are almost at 300 episodes at the point at which I'm recording this right now to welcome you to the show. So I thought I'd give you a little preface about what you can expect and how you can interact and get the most out of this show. So first of all, welcome. I'm Tom, or Robots. I'm a huge fan of Fallout. I've been doing this show now for several years, and I'm glad that you are here. Secondly, if you are tuning in and you're coming from the TV show and you haven't played any of the games, well, you are in luck because there is a ton of really cool lore and backstories and things like that that I can't wait for you to discover. Uh, I would highly recommend jumping into the games if you are somebody who enjoys playing games. But if you just want to listen to the backstories about the different games and the characters and the weird monsters and the all, all the craziness, then feel free. Feel free to jump through and listen to whatever episodes you want of this podcast. Now, one thing you'll discover is that the very first episode, the audio quality isn't as good. It improves fairly quickly as I move along from the first episode. But when I recorded this first episode, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have very good gear yet. But the good news is that the content is still good. The information is still very interesting, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Plus, the audio quality gets a lot closer to it sounds right here uh, within just a few episodes. Also, the other thing I want you to know is that you don't have to listen through each of the episodes in order. If you don't want to, you can jump around. If you're looking for specific answers to questions about Things like vault Tech or the Brotherhood of Steel or what exactly super mutants are, things like that. I cover a lot of those in the earlier episodes. And then in between going through some of these main topics, I cover 
every single vault. If you're familiar with the show, then you know about Vault 33, for example, but there are a whole bunch of other ones that show up in the games or are referred to and referenced, and they have some really wacky experiments. So you can check out all of those in order for the most part. And then as the series goes on about, I don't know, 100 or so episodes in, my daughter joins me. She's a young adult and has enjoyed and loved these games as well. So it becomes more of a dialogue kind of situation where the two of us relay the information together while talking about our experiences and things like that. She stuck around for about a year and then decided to move on and do some other things. And then it goes back to being a single host show where I sometimes have guests and sometimes dig into things on my own. And I'll often jump between different topics from different games. I'll talk about Fallout 3 and then New Vegas and then 76 and then 4 and then Fallout 1 and 2. And I bounce around a lot as it gets into the later episodes because I want to cover all of the really interesting bits that didn't get covered in the earlier episodes. So the other thing that you'll find is that somewhere in the middle, there's a section of gameplay episodes where I actually have the audio for me playing the games and role playing my character in the games. And some people really love those and some people some people just skip them. So do what you want. Enjoy the show however you want. I'm just glad that you're here and I'm excited for all the awesome Fallout stuff that you are about to experience. So without further ado, here's the very first episode. Thanks for being here. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents... Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Hello, fellow Vault Dwellers. Thanks for joining me. My name's Tom. I also go by Robots. Uh, this is the first ever episode of the Fallout Lorecast, and I'm so excited for you guys to be here, and I'm excited for to be doing this. Uh, I wanted to give you some background as to what it is that we're uh, going to be doing with this show, and what the goals are, and who I am, and what why you might want to be involved with the uh, conversation that we're building. Um, so first of all, the Fallout games, as I'm sure a lot of you feel otherwise, why would you be tuning into a podcast about Fallout lore, are some of my favorites. I love all of uh, the Bethesda games since I started playing them back in, when Oblivion came out. Um, I also love Obsidian and the things that they've done in their games in the past. Uh, I, I really like this world. I find it to be uh, endlessly interesting and wonderful to dive into the history, but also thinking about what's going to happen in the future and where the where the series will go, especially with a game like Fallout 76 coming out and the prospect for future iterations and updates and the kinds of things that they'll be doing there. Um, so I, I'm sure you guys are big fans of this the series as well um and, and you know and for many reasons uh the the stories in the background are one thing that's why i want to do a, a lore cast about you know what's actually going on in the world and how did we end up where we are now and and what's going on in each of the each of the games and what things can we pull from but there's something about the look and the music, um, the the uh, future past, the the future of the 1950s and 60s played out without transistor technology and that kind of thing. The whole concept is very interesting to me. Um, that being said, I'm not an expert. I 
uh, dove into the series in Fallout 3. I, I was around for Fallout 1 and 2 and Tactics, but I didn't jump into the games until Fallout 3 came out. And then I jumped in pretty hard. I, I played Fallout 3 a ton. Uh, my wife is a big fan of the series. We kind of co-op played it together when she got she got into it. Played through New Vegas 4, and I've, I'm into uh, Fallout 76 at this point pretty deep. Um, but I am by no means an expert. And that being said, the reason I'm starting up this show is to have a place for us to have a conversation. This isn't going to be a one-way street. This isn't just me saying, hey, here's the research I've done, and this is what's what I've dug up about this topic. There'll be some of that. But for the most part, I want to set up a conversation. I want to say, hey, here's what we know about these topics. This is what I was able to find out. This is my experience around this. And then I want to hear from you guys. I want you to send me tweets, send me PMs on Twitter, send me emails. Um, so if, if you speaking of Twitter and, and emails uh, at Fallout Lorecast is where you can follow. Um, I've been building this up for the last only few weeks or so, and, and it's actually growing very quickly. I post little snippets of information while I do my research. Um, and if you want to send me an email, follow Lorecast at gmail.com is the place to do that. Um, so this my goals for the show. First of all, there's the conversation. I want to start a conversation. I'm going to call out some things. I'm going to point some stuff out. And when you guys respond, I'm going to feature some of your responses on the show. And especially if you can come up with some information that I missed, if there's things that you can help teach me, I for sure am going to highlight that on the show as well. That's that is the information that will be getting passed around. I will share it on Twitter. I will do whatever I can. And we can continue this conversation around this. Heck, there's even the, the fallout subreddit. So if you if you want to share any of the information we're talking about on there, maybe we can have some conversations in that in that way, too, or even in game. We could all jump in Fallout 76 together and track down some of the information about a specific topic. I think that would be really cool, too. But don't worry about remembering all of that stuff right now. I will have links in the show notes to Twitter, the email. Uh, we even have a Discord anywhere we can have a conversation. That's what I want to start. Um, basically, that's the idea. This show is a catalyst for a conversation each week. So join me. And speaking of catalysts, let's talk about war. The Great War. War. War never changes. The Romans waged war to gather slaves and wealth. Spain built an empire from its lust for gold and territory. Hitler shaped a battered Germany into an economic superpower. But war never changes. In the 21st century, war was still waged over the resources that could be acquired. Only this time, the spoils of war were also its weapons, petroleum and uranium. For these resources, China would invade Alaska, the U.S. would annex Canada, and the European Commonwealth would dissolve into quarreling, bickering nation-states bent on controlling the last remaining resources on Earth. In 2077, the storm of world war had come again. In two brief hours, most of the planet was reduced to cinders, and from the ashes of nuclear devastation, a new civilization would struggle to arise. A few were able to reach the relative safety of the large underground vaults. Your family was part of that group that entered Vault 13. Imprisoned safely behind the large vault door under a mountain of stone, a generation has lived without knowledge of the outside world. Life in the vault 
is about to change. So that's the clip from the beginning of Fallout 1. And as far as I know, every Fallout since then has started with at least, or at least used the tagline, War. War never changes. So let's start there. I, I think we're going to delve a little bit more into the background of the world. In a lot of the Fallout games, it's, it's years, and in some cases, hundreds of years past the Great War. But every Fallout game starts with some sort of reference to that event. It's if this world that we are exploring would not have happened if it wasn't for the events of the Great War. So let's start with that question. What does it mean in the Fallout games when they say war? War never changes. I have some thoughts, and, and I want you to hold on to that just for a little while. We're going to explore a little bit more about what happened during the Great War, when it was, why it occurred. Where was the United States at the time? These games all focus in different locations in the United States. We don't know what the rest of the world is actually like from gameplay experience. We know, uh, so there's some, there's some records and things, but for, for most cases, the people and the characters that we are playing in the game aren't able to leave the United States. So we only know about some places in the West Coast, some places on the East Coast. So let's delve into some of what actually happened at the beginning of, well, everything. According to the falloutwikia.com article, uh, there's, they have a wonderful selection of things. I highly recommend, if you are interested in digging into this material, go check out fallout.wikia.com and just start poking around. You, just like any other wiki, you can, you can spend an hour in here and not realize that an hour went by. So according to their overview, uh, they say... Although events in the Fallout universe and the real world diverged around the mid-1940s, the defining moment of the Fallout universe was the Great War of 2077. And that date should look familiar. In a lot of the audio logs and a lot of the references that you see from the old world in these games, the dates usually lead up to about 2077. Uh, some, some of them are earlier than that, but that's usually the last date you'll see in a like a digi, digital computer somewhere where somebody's, you know, listing a diary of events or emails or that kind of thing. Uh, continuing, dwindling petroleum resources led to a series of regional wars for resource control and economies began to fold as nations were left without this vital lifeline. So that's, that's the root of it. The, the world was built around these natural resources. The natural resources began to run out. Alternative sources of energy were explored leading to the maturation of nuclear fission technology, as well as various innovations in, sol in solar and hydroelectric power and even nuclear fusion. But none of these were sufficient to serve the global population's ever-growing needs. So already from the beginning, we are, we're seeing some reflections of things that we're, you know, going through in our own world. Who knows where we're going to be in 2077 when it comes to what we use for power. It makes sense in this world that they were running out of natural resources. Oil was running out. That was the big one. So where do we go from there? Well, in the fallout world, they decided to double down on nuclear power. And we will see that everywhere in the games. Think about it. Everything is powered by nuclear power for the most part. So with the available resources of crude oil in the world 
constantly diminishing, the communist government of the People's Republic of China declared war on the United States, invading Alaska for the few remaining sources of oil there. Some of you guys have played through the expansion in Fallout 3. Um, that was a callback directly to this event. It is the one time, according to what we know about Fallout lore, where the United States was attacked directly on our soil. Um, the it was called the uh, Sino-American War and it raged for eleven years, eventually culminating in a nuclear exchange between China and the United States. Now that is another point for another show, but that is a very interesting topic. That is kind of where everything begins. the The nukes are set off. Why? Uh, it's assumed that the Chinese launched the nukes against the United States. And then the United States retaliated. And there are some notes about that, but we're going to hold on to that for a future episode. So to continue, both nations had built up a huge stockpile of nuclear weapons and the mutual attack drew in enemies and allies from around the world, igniting every hatred forged throughout the century long Cold War. Although the conflict lasted only two hours, the destruction it brought was staggering and complete. More energy was released in the early moments of the exchange than in all previous global conflicts combined. This global nuclear conflict came to be known as the Great War. So every time you hear reference to the Great War, this is it. The bombs dropped, everybody launched their bombs, and the world was blown back to the Stone Age. The world that remained was harsh and unforgiving. Ninety years after the Great War, humanity struggled to survive. On the surface, bandits and organized gangs fought over the crumbling remains of once great cities, and mutants prowled the irradiated wastes. Underground, a fortunate few enjoyed the relative safety and comfort of the vaults. Well, relative safety and comfort is, I guess, debatable, but <laughs> we'll go on. Uh, designed before the war, and, and <laughs> with the proclaimed purpose of protecting residents and their descendants from the nuclear annihilation. Uh, some planned to keep the world out. Others sought to connect with and repopulate the outside. Wherever humanity survived, it was under constant threat by ravenous mutants, rogue machines, vicious raiders, and all manner of hostile mutant creatures. So conflict continued. So I think that's kind of part of the point of a war. War never changes. The world before the bombs were dropped was full of conflict. It was, it was brewing underneath this shiny candy coated veneer of fancy technology of cars and television and Nuka Cola. And much like our own world, the populace at large was, you know, protected from the real conflicts that were at play. In the post-war world, there's still conflict, of course, but the conflicts are no longer covered by this veneer, by this candy coating. People are no longer kept from dealing with the things that actually are going on between humans and other things in their environment, but mostly between humans. A lot of these stories are human stories about groups of humans dealing with other groups of humans, raiders who are looking for any edge they can get to just survive in the wastelands, organizations like the New California Republic or the Brotherhood who are trying to band together for some sort of ideal greater than just survival. And the conflicts that this brings, I think the, the brilliance of these games 
isn't necessarily just the gameplay or the characters. It's this idea that humans are fundamentally the same in both situations. It's just in certain instances, we are kind of removed in some ways from the way our nature truly is. And that caused uh, an ability for us to advance technologically to a point where we were able to destroy ourselves and go back to a situation that was much more common in humanity hundreds and hundreds of years ago or in poorer, more desperate living conditions. So in my mind, war, war never changes, is, is really a commentary on humans. Humans, humans never change. If it wasn't for humans, we wouldn't have war. If it wasn't for humans, we wouldn't have mutants and robots perpetuating the war that we've created and are, are constantly involved in ever since the Great War. It's as if that war never ended. It just pit us against each other. So according to the, the wiki, uh, we'll continue here. They have a section called Before the Great War. Let's explore what the world was like before the nukes went off. For most of human history, according to the wiki, the Fallout universe and the real world shared a common timeline. So we have a lot of connections to this Fallout world. It is based on our world. So let's just start there. Fallout draws its music from the 1940s and 50s, and sometimes the 60s. I'll note that. Sometimes the music is actually from the 60s, and some of the technology, too. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. However, in 1945, significant political and technological differences in the Fallout timeline set it on a different course. 1945 is the end of World War II. So that's the main divergent point. There are some events that occur before that date uh, that lead to a divergence. There's also some fictional places and characters and organizations that come about earlier in the timeline, but the main fundamental difference is in the politics and the technology from 1945 on. So continuing, it says, in 1947, the circumstances involving the invention of the transistor are muddled and miniaturization of electronics was neglected. So imagine a world where 
We don't have the miniature, miniaturization of technology. We don't have cell phones. We don't have uh, simple computer, uh, very complex computers that fit in our pockets or on our, on our desks. Everything stays big and bulky. Sometime before 1969, in an attempt to mitigate the influence of communism, the United States adopted a system of 13 commonwealths. In 1970, China failed to adopt any free market reforms and ended up retaining a political and economic structure similar to what it had under Communist Party chairman Mao Zedong. And in 1991, the USSR did not collapse. So what do we have here? We have... The states of the United States consolidating, and we have communism continuing. In our own timeline, for the most part, communism is a failed experiment. The, uh, the USSR it ends, uh, the Chinese go to a, a much more reformed economic structure where they are now competing uh, in very capitalist type ways with the rest of the world. But in this in this timeline, the Cold War continues. The United States is firmly against communism like we were in the 1940s and 1950s and continue to be until the Great War happens. So according to the wiki, no major international conflicts took place until the middle of the 21st century. So there was relative peace. It was like the Cold War was going on brewing underneath the surface, but nothing really happened until 2052. When the oil-rich Middle East nations raised oil prices, causing the economic collapse of many smaller countries, the European Commonwealth, analogous to the real-world European Union, similarly dependent on oil imports from the Middle East, began the resource wars by responding with military force. The United Nations, weakened by its inability to prevent the conflict, attempted to intervene Many of its member nations responded by withdrawing, and the UN disbanded that year. The United States, supplied with oil from Texas and Mexico, escaped any direct impact from the resource wars. However, the U.S. would soon have significant problems of its own. In 2052, the Texas oil fields ran dry, making the country severely vulnerable to energy shortages. And then in 2053, the new plague began to ravage the U.S. population, causing an estimated 200,000 deaths and prompting the government to close the country's international borders. Nuclear fears gripped the country when in that same year, Tel Aviv was destroyed by a terrorist nuclear weapon. And in the following year, warring nations exchanged nuclear weapon strikes in the Middle East. Things started to heat up. That's basically what this is saying, is the United States becomes more desperate for oil. We have a plague, and then some bombs are released in the world through some sort of nuclear exchange in the Middle East. In response, the Americans began Project Safe House, a series of underground vaults designed to survive nuclear war or an epidemic. So in comes Vault-Tec. That's basically what this says right here. Vault-Tec, enter stage left. In 2059, oil resources grew increasingly scarce. To secure the Alaskan oil fields, the United States ramped up its military presence in that state, creating the Anchorage front line. Relations with Canada grew increasingly strained as the Americans pressed to have their military units stationed on Canadian soil to protect the Alaskan pipeline. In 2060, the Middle Eastern oil fields ran dry. 
not only ending the resource wars in Europe, but the European Commonwealth as well. Without a common enemy, the European nations fought among each other for the remaining resources. Fossil fuels became too expensive to use in automobiles, and alternatives began to appear in the market. So that's why when you accidentally shoot a car in a Fallout game, it explodes. It is being powered by some sort of nuclear fusion technology, not oil. In 2066, the resource wars shifted to the other side of the globe. China, their oil reserves exhausted and their economy near collapse, invaded Alaska. So that's when it happened, 2066, just 11 years before the quote-unquote Great War. America strong-armed Canada into allowing troops and planes to move across Canadian territory on their way to the Alaskan theater. Relations between the neighboring countries continued to worsen as the Americans helped themselves to Canadian resources, ignoring Canadian protests. So America does what America does and just, you know, pushes the smaller guy around. And many Americans begin referring to Canada as Little America, which doesn't help any of the relations. In 2072, the Sino-American War raged on. While American power armor proved effective in localized conflicts, it failed to completely dislodge Chinese forces. The Americans continued to demand more resources from Canada. And then when an attempt was made to sabotage the oil pipeline, the Americans officially began to annex Canada. In 2076, one year before the Great War, the annexation is complete. Also, that year, Americans deployed the T-51B power armor. You know that classic power armor look from all the way back in the first Fallout game? That's it right there. They deployed it to the Chinese mainland. War was on. The suits were highly effective, and American troops cut a swath through Chinese territory. So one of the things to take note here about the way the war goes on is that the Americans double down on technology and on brute force and power because we still have resources to use. So we start leveraging those resources against the communist forces, specifically China. That's where power armor comes from. Now, the Chinese didn't have the same resources that the Americans had, so they focused more on stealth technology and spying and this, these other kinds of uh, indirect means of warfare. And that is true. You find it in the game. You find stealth suits uh, made by the Chinese and those kinds of things. Those, that's all Chinese technology. In early 2077, the Americans reclaimed Alaska but no armistice was signed. Those in positions to foresee the nuclear conflagration make final preparations. Conflagration, that's a really good word. Robert House, who you might remember from Follow New Vegas, puts himself in stasis. The president and the enclave retreat to the Poseidon oil rig. So this, they, all of these characters act before the bombs drop. Why is that? Why did they seem to understand that that's about to happen? Was there something that uh, clued them in? Well, we'll just have to see. The American public, having been exposed to too many false alarms, largely ignored the warning sirens when the bombs began to fell. Many vaults are underpopulated as their doors shut. In the early hours of October 23rd, 2077, the world as everyone knew it ended. 
Missiles and bombs rained from the sky, engulfing the world in flames in an event that would become known as the Great War. Cities and nations fell and humanity descended into a nuclear dark age. Many believed it was the end of human civilization, but instead, it was simply the beginning of a new and bloody chapter. I really like the way this wiki uh, lays out some of the details in this and, and actually adds in some, you know, fun little little uh, snippets, little added little details like, you know, beginning of new and bloody chapter. That's pretty cool. So that's basically the situation before the bombs drop. Um, this information is put together through uh, a lot of details in the games that are left in holotapes and on computers. Um from places that you can go visit. Uh, some things are revealed through characters. Uh, there are characters in the game, uh, I'm sure some of you are aware, that survived from a time before the bombs dropped, and they relay little bits of information and knowledge. Um, but that's most of it. That's, that's why the world is in the situation it is right now. And that's what sets the stage for everything. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. So here we are in the middle of the show, and I am coming to you from the future. Yeah, this is future Tom, almost uh, three years after this episode was recorded. And I am adding this in in order to tell you guys a few things that I thought you might want to know. So first of all, thank you for listening to this very first episode of the Fallout Lorecast in the last Three years, this show has absolutely exploded. This show has well over a million downloads. It is in the top 0.5% of podcasts globally. Um, thank you to all of the Fallout fans and all of the fans of this show for being here. Um, it, one of the other things that this show has done is it has helped me to make podcasting a career for myself. I am now a full-time podcaster and I have started the Robots Radio Network of podcasts. So thank you very, very much for everybody who has helped support me in that. I, I think you're going to listen through some more, some more of these episodes and uh, you'll, you'll hear the humble beginnings of this show. And I clearly had no way of knowing that this was going to turn into anything near what it did so thank you to everybody who helped share the show and everything else um but you are probably a brand new listener at this point so you don't know anything about how that's going to happen so here are some tips for you the new listener who is just finding this podcast right now so first of all you're probably looking at the entire list of episodes as of this recording right now we are getting very close to 200 episodes and you're probably going wow there's a lot of episodes where, where do i even begin this is why you went back to the first episode so my tip number one don't worry about there being a ton of episodes in fact skip around go to the episodes that you find most interesting you don't have to listen to these in a specific order you can if you want but pick and choose if you'd like in fact I'll give you a little uh, primer on how the show has evolved over time to help you understand where you might want to go. So for the first mm, hundred plus episodes or so, this show was just me all by myself. And the episodes are kind of like this first episode. In fact, they evolved a little bit from here. I, uh, I think I got a little bit better at presenting the lore and 
the show became much more focused on that. And that's that was the focus of the show for a while. In fact, I had these kind of mini vault episodes and then I had the bigger episodes that were focused on the lore. And then a little bit later on, uh, about episode 120 something, possibly, I don't I don't know specifically which episode it was, but uh, into year two ish. I brought on board my daughter who originally guested on one of the episodes and I, I, I convinced her to join me. She's she's in her 20s in her early, very early 20s and turned her into a co-host. And then she became my co-host. It turned into a live chat show where we would talk about the lore together in a live format. And we did it also on video. So the focus of the show kind of shifted a little bit. We were still talking about the lore and discussing the information, but in a different kind of context. And the the length of the show grew, but it became more of the two of us discussing that content together. And of course, whenever you take a formula and you change it, some people like it and some people don't. And um, to be perfectly honest, things were changing in my job situation at the time. As well as I was also launching new podcasts, taking on new responsibilities and things. So she was helping shoulder the burden of doing a lot of the research and those kinds of things as well. So the the quality of the show changed as we kind of adjusted the formula of the show and who was taking on different responsibilities and things. So all that's to be said that some people preferred the original formula of the show. Some people liked the uh, bringing on a co-host and the other perspective of the show and things kind of changed. I also started to be a little bit more okay with bringing in political perspectives on things because Fallout has political perspectives in it and I was a little bit more okay with opening up about real world politics and how that connects to Fallout and some people don't like that as much. So I just want to forewarn you if that's something that's a trigger for you that happens later on. And so you may want to skip some of those episodes that are in the 120 to 150 range. Um, I'm not trying to push an agenda, but those topics do come up and Fallout does address those topics. I don't know if maybe some people never noticed that, but it does happen. So just letting just being fair, just letting people know that that is a thing. Now, let's talk about the current day episodes. Uh, About two months ago, she decided to transition into editing video content. And there is a Fallout Lorecast YouTube channel now where a lot of those episodes exist, the video versions of those episodes. And she has now been working on lore videos where we've been taking the contents of these early videos, the lore pieces, and turning those into visual content for YouTube. So if you would rather watch the condensed version of that, the first video is now up on YouTube. Just search Fallout Lorecast on YouTube and you will find that as well. So if you're looking to join us on the most recent episodes, you are absolutely welcome to do that because you don't have to get through all of the other episodes in order to join us on the most recent episodes. In fact, as I'm talking to you right now, it is December 15th and Tonight, we are talking about a what if episode where we will be changing one little piece of information in the background of the lore. And I have some guests joining me tonight to discuss how that would affect the gameplay 
in Fallout 76, for example, and how that would rearrange the events of the world and change things moving forward. And as we move into year four, because we're right on the precipice of starting year four, I will be digging into even more lore and changing up the formula some more again. So you don't have to necessarily go through all the lore. You don't necessarily have to go through all the episodes in order. You're welcome to bounce around and you're welcome to join us on the most recent episodes and kind of go back and forth between joining us for the live new episodes or catching the new episodes when they show up on your podcatcher and then also checking out the older episodes and whatever specific topics you want to listen to. So I think that's what's going to give you the most enjoyment while getting through the the old content, but then also being able to catch up and be a part of the community that has been created around this podcast. And that community exists currently on the Robots Radio Discord. There's a bunch of us that hang out on the Discord. There's over 2000 members on the Discord right now. There's a whole bunch of other podcasts on the on the Discord and uh, in the Robots Radio community, robotsradio.net. There are a bunch of podcasts that are specific to Fallout. We have a number of other Fallout podcasts, and there's a ton of stuff that you can plug into, especially as a Fallout fan. So I recommend coming on over, joining in the conversation. Don't wait until you get through 170 plus episodes to just jump right in. We'd love to have you right now. So that's my recommendation. And, uh, I hope to see you soon. So come on over and just say hi. All right, everybody. That's the rest of this episode. And uh, go ahead and move on to episode two or jump into the most recent episode. Come join us for the live shows on twitch.tv slash robots radio. Come check out the robots radio YouTube channel where I'm also streaming games or the fallout Lorecast YouTube channel. And until next time, stay safe in the wasteland. See you later. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for in- Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.